Hi, this is Tamika Chambers with Create a Generational Love Cycle. Today is February the 21st, 2022, national holiday of President's Day. And so I hope that you're still using this day possibly to get some rest. I hope that you had a great weekend. And I am continuing my sharing, if you will, of my mother's words of wisdom. It was late last year when I... I had already figured out what I was going to talk about in the first few months, actually up until May. And it dawned on me that I really need to share more about what my mother taught me, taught her three children, a single mother who experienced domestic violence, a single mother who wanted to have, who wanted her children to have a better life than she had. And so when we talk about, when I talk about create a generational love cycle, it's all about our thoughts because there is a generational cycle of pain that continues to ravage homes, dismantling the family concept, hardening the hearts of many, circling throughout our countries, our cities, neighborhoods, our nations. And the way we break any bad habit, any negative habit, any harmful habit is that we create a healthier way of living, a healthier way of being. And that foundation, the seeds that we sow are based in love instead of hate, instead of intimidation, instead of fear, instead of greed, in which you often see in the generational cycle of pain. And the cycle of love always begins with one person and realizing that this isn't the way that life is supposed to be. That although I have experienced some projection of that pain, I refuse to let it continue within me. And the life is not a perfect journey. It has its ups and downs, its dark valleys, is steep mountains, but we continue to strive for we, what we know in our hearts is possible because faith is about going forward in the things that we cannot see. But although we may see, including myself, when, before I had children, before I got married, I saw violence in the world. And I, I questioned, I doubted bringing children in a world that was full of violence. And then somehow that changed because you know why it changed? I realized what my mother had did with for us, that she gave us values and principles. I realized these treasures that I had in my heart, that I, instead of being fearful, I started feeling empowered, that I could bring raised children in the world that could shine their light and make a difference in this world to help intercept the cycle of pain, this violence that we see, homicide, suicide, domestic violence, child abuse, elder abuse. That there is hope. And so some of the principles, life lessons that I have shared this year thus far is, is the first one was the foundation 
of what I saw was my mother's life principles, the foundation in give from the heart and expect nothing in return. I've shared how she often told us, you don't have to do anything to anybody that has done stuff to you because there is a just God. There's a faithful God. And often she shared that with us. My mother is the one that's told me that God is not in a building. When I asked, why did we stop going to church? She said, God is in our hearts. And she encouraged us to seek our own relationship with this God, with people that may says how, say higher power or infinite intelligence. For me, God is as, as, as stuck to me. It's resonated with me because it's not about what you call this power that keeps everything in its place, the mountains, the water, the sun, the moon, the earth. It's not about that. It's about believing what you think this power can do for you. Believing in good versus evil. And so my mother's words of wisdom became a foundation for me. Like bricks, as I built my foundation over the years, after experiencing a potential traumatic childhood experience, I used these bricks, gift from the heart, to have more compassion for those that led me in the wrong way to forgive those. She said, you don't have to do anything to anybody because there is a faithful God. There is a just universe. And there are many more that she shared. And today, what I'm going to share with you, one of the other uh, principles that she shared with us that was very, was pivotal to how I conducted myself around peer pressure, you know, as growing up, if you think about, you know, you, you one of the things that children want to do is that we want to feel like we belong, right? We want to belong. We want people to like us, to value us. But we want people to value us for who we are and not for what we appear to be or what they're able to get us to do for them. Because that's when it changes. That's when you can start to take on that inner dislike or inner hatred because you are reducing yourself, your morals, to feel like you belong, to want somebody to love you, to like you. In actuality, we want people to accept us for who we are and what resonates with us. And if we decide that we don't want to do something, it should be okay, right? because we're all different. And if God, if, if the universe, if God, nature wanted one single person, then that's all it would be. But we have multitudes of people, different cultures, races, color, shades of color, because we are a reflection of what nature is. Nature is not just one color. It is a multitude of colors, a multitude of forms that we are a masterpiece created by nature. And so getting to 
this life principle for today, my mom would tell us just because someone else experienced something or did something didn't mean that you had to do it. And she would use that. I don't know if if your parents told you if, if Ricky jumped off the bridge, would you do it too? And so often, again, you have people that encourage you, lead you, intimidate you, call you names, talk about you and say, you're not going to do it because you're a scaredy cat. You know, try to make you feel like what you're doing is wrong when actuality, what you're doing is trying to preserve who you are on the inside and what you believe. I saw the power of labels when I was a child. I saw when someone called someone crazy that they took up that mental attitude. When they said they were a scaredy cat, that made them want to fight and do what the other person wanted to do because they didn't want to feel like a scaredy cat. They didn't want to feel left out. So even in their fear, they fought and did things that they didn't want to do. I saw in nursing how many people took a fatalistic approach to health because their aunt or grandmother or father experienced something that they too would experience it. I had our neighbor at one point tell me, well, my mother had back problems. So I just figure I'm going to have them too. And my mother had diabetes. So I just figured I'm going to have it too. And even then when we get into diabetes, our health conditions, because they, they suffered, others have suffered complications with those health conditions. Oh, they lost their eyesight. So I'm going to lose mine. It's just a matter of time. I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat. I'm going to enjoy my life and just fill up with all the food that I want. You know, I, I don't have to do anything else because eventually the eyesight is going to go away and I won't be able to see my food. So I'm just going to keep eating right now. And I know that sounds really to the extreme, but I've had people, I've seen it. I've seen it even in my own life where I used to say, if I'm around a person who has a cold, I'm going to get sick, <laughs> you know? And so for years I would get sick, right? If I knew they had a cold, right? Because sometimes you don't even know people have it. And if your mind is not thinking about it, you're not going to take in that information and internalize it within yourself. And it was one year, a few months after we moved to Oregon, my son, I, the school called me and wanted me to come pick up my son. And they said that, you know, um, he said he was feeling sick, ill, come to find out at a doctor's appointment, he had the flu. And I remember I posted on Instagram, social media that, okay, it's time for green tea and kale. Cause I had found out that they were good as far as fighting viruses. But no one in our home is as sick as my son got. And he even told his mom, you guys need to pray for me. And I, I, I sat in his room that day and I prayed for him. And it was like the next day I had found out, my mom had told me that a seven-year-old girl had died. My, my son was seven years old. A seven-year-old girl had died. That I something had happened between communication with her parents and her being ill. I'm not sure of it. I don't want to make assumptions. But my son lived. And not only did he live, we not, no one in the house got sick, including myself. And it wasn't so much 
what I what I later found out, it wasn't so much the kale and the green tea. It was more of my attitude, my attitude, my thoughts, what I internalized about him getting ill because I wasn't even, there was so much going on. We had moved into an apartment, two bedroom apartment. There was so much going on that I didn't even, I don't even know if I thought about being sick <laughs> or thought about the words I used to tell myself because I knew I couldn't get sick. There was too much going on. And so our mind plays a very pivotal role in the attitudes that we take about our health and the attitudes that we take about life from not having children, not knowing I could have children to having two healthy pregnancies and two healthy children. From times when I felt at my desk that I felt like I was going to get sick and I said, I can't do that now. And the symptoms go away. And I'm not making this up. I'm sure you've heard of stories where people have that one minute they thought they were sick, the next minute they were healed. All I'm saying is that I know there is a link and you've heard it before. The link between thoughts and what we experience, the reality, the actions. And just because someone goes through something, experience something, just because someone is angry, upset, bitter, resentful, vengeance, just because someone is like that, even in marriages, when your husband is a certain way, and, and maybe that you don't find something funny or you don't find that, that what they're doing is right. Just because someone does, it doesn't mean, doesn't care who it is. I chose not to drink. My father wasn't, was, he, he claimed he was an alcoholic. He was sick. He was ill. He chose to drink. That drinking led to my mother leaving him. I saw firsthand how alcohol can play a role in breaking up the family family concept. So I didn't want that. What I'm telling you is that we have a choice when it all boils down to it. And we take the time to sit quiet and really assess our lives and assess where we are and ask us ask ourselves what beliefs, what beliefs, thoughts, seeds have I allowed to enter into my consciousness that have put me where I am today? How can I turn this around? What can I do differently to experience different results? That just because someone else experienced something doesn't mean I have to experience it. What is true to me? What brings me joy, peace, happiness? What makes me feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose here on earth? And to realize, to stand, part of creating a generational love cycle is standing in our truth, is realizing who we are and staying steadfast on that on building a foundation of solid principles. And over time, I would see, as I would read the Bible, the daughter of a uh, of um, her grandfather was a pastor in a church. And occasionally she would walk to church miles. See, my mother's from Mississippi, the dirt roads to go to church. And I would find out over the years that much of what my mother taught 
was in the Bible. Romans 12, 12 tells us, do not be conformed to this world, but transform your mind by renewing that mind. And what do we renew it with? We renew it with truths within us. Because God says he wrote his laws in our hearts and in our minds. Whatever we need is within us. It is not in the world. We do not need to seek that we belong or seek love. Know that we do belong because we are here. Our birth justified, glorified us. No matter what color, what race, what religion, what other background you have, that does not define you, your identity. What defines you, what, what, has, what has you, is that you are here on earth, living, a living vessel for the truth. Remember, you are in control of your life. My mom would always tell us that you are in control. You choose by deciding who it is that you want to be. And you fulfill your divine destiny, your divine purpose. And part of that is leaving a generational cycle of love. Because everything we do needs to come from that place of love that is within us. This is Tamika Chambers. Create a generational love cycle. You can do it. Make this lifestyle, this lifetime great because it is still possible. No matter what you have done, today is a new day. This is a new second, a new minute for you to transform your mind and decide and choose the person you want to be and the legacy you want to live.